I'm Christian Ramirez, and you're listening to the Sound of the Loons podcast. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast. I'm Steve McPherson. I'm here with your friend and mine, Cal Williams. And Cal, I want to start a little bit by talking about the Gold Cup. It's obviously uh, something everyone is looking forward to as the, the first chance for the U.S. men's national team to reassert itself after the disappointment of not qualifying for the World Cup. And there are rumors that the U.S. men's national team match could be at Allianz Field right here in the Twin Cities. Uh, but as a connoisseur of soccer at every level and an experienced analyst, I wanted to ask you, is the cup really made of gold? <laughs> it is. It is made of gold, It's yeah. authentic gold, okay. It is authentic gold, yeah. CONCACAF's <laughs> finest. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously, what, what a tremendous opportunity for the Twin Cities. Um, you know, Allianz Field, we, we all know, we, we've seen the renderings. We often are over at the stadium site now and... It's starting to look like a stadium now, isn't it? You know? Yeah, it um, really does. It, it, it's going to be fantastic. And not only just to, to host the game, but the fact that it's going to be the United States' first competitive game since that uh, disappointing evening in Trinidad and Tobago, as you mentioned. Debacle, um, even? Can we call debacle, it a debacle? Debacle, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, it, it's, it's great. It, it's such a positive step forward for the sport in, in this part of the country. Uh, I've been a part of things like this before, um, previously in Kansas City, and and, and it really does give uh, the international football scene, which there's a rather large one in the Twin Cities, it gives it a boost. So whoever the United States will be playing, I don't think it really matters. People are going to be very excited about this, for sure. And we'll be hosting two games, right? So yep. there'll be another, we don't know who everybody is. We, we know, don't know yet. Right, there's, there's 16 teams yep. in total. We know six of them. Uh, for the for the Gold Cup, which were the last teams in qualifying for the World Cup, so the U.S., Mexico, uh, Costa Rica, uh, our friend Francisco mm-hmm. Cal was uh, Costa Rica, Trinidad and Tobago, Kevin Molino's team, uh, Panama and Honduras. The last ten will come from the Concacaf Nations League qualifying tournament. Yep. Uh, so we still have a lot yet to be determined. I've I've never been to an international soccer match. In fact, really? I had I had not been to a soccer match of any size before going to a Minnesota United match. So. Tell me a little bit. You know, this you've had the experience, as you said, from from Kansas City. What's what's the what's the feel like? How is it different from a, a typical MLS match? I think the the main thing, Steve, is that it's it's almost like a carnival type atmosphere because okay, everyone for the most part, everyone's there supporting uh, the same team. But it's not just a team. It's not you know you're not all supporting Minnesota United, for example. You know when. When the United States come to Allianz Fields, there's going to be fans from Kansas City, there's going to be fans from Chicago, from Los Angeles, New York, who all support all these these different Major League Soccer teams. Um, they may even have uh, loyalties um, to Premier League teams and Bundesliga teams or whatever. But the one reoccurring theme is that they all have one international loyalty, and that's the U.S. national team. So it is a, a fabulous collection um, of, of people coming together for the love of the sport and the love of their country. I, I don't think there's anything quite as good as, and I don't think there's anything quite as powerful 
as people coming together and supporting their country, um, particularly when it comes to international football. You know, it's, it's a crying shame the United States aren't in the World Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, I've never seen, even as something as powerful as the Olympics, Steve, I've never seen countries come together like they do when their football team plays in an international tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gold Cup is no different. It's, it, you know, obviously it's it's not as big as the World Cup, but it's, it's still a, a prestigious tournament, uh, respected around the globe. Um, I actually commentated on the 2015 version of it, um, which was great. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, some wonderful stuff played. Commentated on a couple of United States games as well. Um, it, it's just a really good tournament, and, and we are absolutely buzzing here in the Twin Cities to have it. Yeah, I think that the the supportive team, uh, supporting the team that represents your country, it's it's even something... Like I don't, I mean, you know, I'm not a wildly patriotic person. I believe in in the United States, but I I don't tend to wear the uh, the stars and stripes bandanas or anything like that. Right. So I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not quite uh, uh, Randy Savage or I don't know <laughs> something like that. Like I, it's not it's not a very outward thing, but I am proud of, especially you know the the best elements of the country as as a melting pot and right. you know, like all these different cultures coming together. And I remember when I was in, I'm going to date myself here. When I was in high school and uh, we were in the World Cup in in ninety four. Thank you. I was just wanted to make sure. I was right about that day. Um, and, you know, I was I was a huge I was huge in with Alexi Lalas because I was a mu- I'm a musician and I was like, this guy's he's got a goatee and he's got long hair and like he's playing soccer and I like soccer. And, you know, like um, he's a little more buttoned down now. So but uh, who among us is not? Uh, well, yes, you, you, you put a microphone in front of someone or a camera, and yes, you, you tend to button up a little bit, yeah. But yeah, definitely. It would be quite interesting if Alexi still had his, his outrageous beard with his long, wavy locks. That yeah. would be uh, quite the spectacle on television, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was a little surprised that I also this past week when we played SKC, like I was expecting the man bum from Zussi, but clearly I had not kept up with his his current haircut because it was, it was a little shorter. So it's it's hard to track these players and their their. He, um, he he used to uh, he used to be dashingly good looking. Um, I looked up some pictures because I wanted to see like what the photo, what like what the mm-hmm. the hair. And I, I like I see him in my fantasy lineup, and he's got the bun piled up there. But yeah, good good looking dude. Well, one of those individuals that you just you know you, you don't want to stand next to, right? Because you're always <laughs> going to be the the uglier of the two. And, yeah. You know, you're a fine-looking gentleman, Steve, well, but thank you. standing next to Graham Zussi, yeah, no, <laughs> no chance. <laughs> I understand. I've always felt like, you know, aesthetically, soccer guys, you know, I'm going to the soccer guy appreciation society here, just as, uh-huh. as athletes, I feel like that balance of, you know, the regimen that's required for a soccer player to, to run a lot, um, but also have a certain amount of, of, of strength and, and, you know, immovability to a certain extent, like aerial ability. You just get guys who are like, like well-built and they happen to be attractive dudes. So you look at those like, you know, yeah. I- Iker Casillas. Cass- oh, Iker Casillas. Yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, good looking dude, devilishly handsome. And then, uh, even someone <laughs> like Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, well, I mean, I know, for goodness I mean yeah, sake, he's I disgusting. Mean, just a specimen beyond <laughs> belief. I mean, for goodness sake, just stop it. I know. It's unfair to the rest of us. I know, right? When, when Cristiano listens to this podcast, obviously, as he does on a regular basis. He's a subscriber. He's in fan mail. Just stop it. Just stop. <laughs> We've all, you know, it's like we, you don't need to grate cheese on those ads. <laughs> just, <laughs> just let it go a little bit, you know? Like, <laughs> um, What were we talking about? I'm <laughs> 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 
It's taking a very strange turn. Yeah, I don't know. I was, we were watching the LA Galaxy game earlier in the office. Uh, yes. Played Montreal Impact today, and um, I, I I pulled the room to see how much how much uh, back hair people feel like Roman uh, Alessandrini has because he looks like a guy who would have a lot of hair on his back. Um, but then I saw. Then we looked up photos, and he's like a very, uh, very manicured. Yeah, state of, I was going to say body hair. So he, he seems like he's um, a modern day Frenchman, yeah. uh, which <laughs> would. And I'm not saying this is all Frenchmen, but it would. You would. It's insinuating that they are well groomed. Right. Um, maybe if he let it go, it would be a different story. But maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but not, not all of us Europeans look like Roman Alessandrini. Um. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. The hair is magnificent. Thank you. Yeah. I, I Right now, apologies for the sniffing and whatnot, by the way. I, I'm being, at the moment, just decimated by allergies. Yeah. I look like something from 28 Days Later or something. Like it just, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. Um, it's I not just, that bad. Uh, yeah, no, thank you, though. My, my hair is, is a disaster at the moment. But. No. You it's, make, it's you make the, it work. Hey, well, at the moment, I'll tell you why it's looking decent. It's because it's been cut by Nicholas Bisbee. Well, there you go. He does a brilliant job. The, so man's, the man's a, a wizard with the He is a magician. Shoes, so. yeah. Yes. Wonderful. So thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I'm planning. I got to talk to, I got to hook up with Nick and, and, and talk haircuts because he also it cuts a lot of players' hair. Yes. Uh, so uh, I think we're going to have a little a little chat about that. We might have a story on that coming up. Um Plus, it's a good way for me to get a haircut, so, which, which I could which I could probably use. So, all right, we're going to shift quickly away from men's grooming, uh, and we're going to look back at uh, SKC, uh, the game against Sporting Kansas City. Uh, I wanted to open up. We already have the Holy Midfielders Appreciation Society. Mm -hmm. Can we open up the Bobby Shuttleworth Appreciation Society for, the, for this match? Yeah, we should do, shouldn't we? Uh, just what a performance from him, and um, in my opinion, one of the most consistent goalkeepers in Major League Soccer, and. He often gets overlooked, I think. You know, I, I do wonder if he was playing for someone like LA Galaxy or somebody. You know, I think he'd get a lot more um, attention. Uh, and that's wrong. He, you know, in my opinion, it shouldn't matter who you play for. It shouldn't matter what your history is or, or what, you know. In my opinion, Bobby Shuttleworth, um, he's one of the most underrated goalkeepers in the league. Um, so, again, fabulous performance. The one save that he made when Johnny Russell volleyed it towards the goal and he just, you know, he went with the opposite hand and palmed it over. That, yeah. that was a, a great save, you know. And what Bobby does on a, on a regular basis as well is, um, I don't think people appreciate it. We saw the goal that Kansas City conceded. What happened with the goalkeeper? The ball came into him, and I know it was a bit of an awkward angle, but he didn't, he didn't A, he didn't catch it, mm -hmm. or B, he didn't push it away. It just sort of fumbled, and it... Hit him and you know, fell out. Went out and, and obviously yeah. Darwin took advantage. But Shuttleworth has a tremendous ability of being able to palm the ball away and actually push the ball away. Yeah. If you think about it, Steve, I don't, I don't remember a goal that's ever been uh, off of a, a rebound from from Shuttleworth. I don't, yeah. I don't remember one off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, we have to ask TJ about this. Right. Who's the master of knowing these things? Because he just. He's a very smart goalkeeper in that uh, aspect where, as I said, he, he always pushes the ball away from the danger zone and, yeah. and the area that you would expect people to rebound and follow up. Um, but Bobby's a really good shot stopper. Yeah. Uh, and he's also, the, the other things as, as well, with I, what I noticed with Bobby is that some of the saves that he makes, he actually makes, uh, he makes them look a lot easier than they actually are. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, the amount of times I think I think I've said it's like a routine save for Shuttleworth, but then I've gone back and looked at the tape and thought, 
actually, that's a really good save. Yeah. You just made it look good. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he was great against Kansas City for sure. Yeah, saves can be a little tough because even on really acrobatic saves, sometimes you can think, well, you know, it, it still might not have gone in. Right. You know, like it, it's the, a lot of things can happen between between the glove and, and the woodwork there, mm -hmm. you know. So there's sort of it, it's a tough job when you're stopping something spectacular from happening, even if you're doing it in a sort of spectacular way. Uh, it can just, be a, a little hard to get the appreciation there. So uh, goalkeepers are the universal spoilers of fun. Right. You know, just if the ball's <laughs> going to fly into the top corner you, and you're just about to, to go into euphoria and all of a sudden the hand appears yeah. and just tips it away and you're like no yeah why <laughs> why did you do this you know? that was my fun yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting with bobby because i know that in the, uh, early on he had a, sort of a, a nagging injury i think and yeah um, in, in preseason yeah, yeah and so the the decision was made to start uh matt lampson who also i think acquitted himself pretty well um mm -hmm. in the early going uh and i think there was some thought that you know, Lampson, uh, maybe not as spectacular a shot stopper, but a little better with the distribution, sure. or, you know, organization in the back or, or whatever. Um, and I can see where the thought is maybe they're hoping like the defense would be good enough that you wouldn't need somebody like that. Um, what you would want with somebody who could get organized out of the back. There was that one play early on where Lampson threw it so far, almost the entire pitch. It was, I think it was either the first or second game, you know, things like that. You saw like what he could do as far as a distributor, which is great. Um, and then he's picked up an injury, which is, which is, uh, yep. you know, sort of bothering him. But I think we also saw that maybe we did need Bobby um, in there to be that yeah. guy, that very last line of defense. Um, so, you know, it's, He's great. I, I grew to love him last year in terms of just his ability to, mm -hmm. you know, stop penalties. Last year he stopped a couple of clutch penalties. So, um, so yeah, the Bobby Shuttleworth Appreciation Society. It it, it lives large yeah. in this podcast, but also <laughs> within the realms of Major League Soccer as well. I think a lot of people now, after seeing Shuttleworth have, um, you know, a proper full campaign uh, away from New England Revolution, where mm -hmm. it was very much a part of the fabric and whatnot, and you know now he's he's undergone this new challenge and and, and he's done very very well. Whilst we're on the subject of goalkeepers as well, yes. what I will say is we are in very, very good hands, even if someone like Shuttleworth was to go down uh, and Lampson was to remain injured because uh, one player who, who continues to impress in training is, is Alex Kapp. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely unbelievable shot stopper. Um, he, he's, um, for, for someone who, who is a smaller um, goalkeeper, um, he... he he does ever so well to, to spread himself and make himself big. Um, he reminds me a lot of Nick Ronaldo, mm -hmm. and that's not just because they're similar size, but the, the way that they um, they play, the way that the, the body shape is, it, it's very similar to Nick Ronaldo. So um, I would hope that Alex goes out and, and plays some games somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if he doesn't get an opportunity here, which, look, I mean, he's, he's wonderful, but I, I just can't see anybody um, shifting Shuttleworth at the moment. Um, it can be tough with goalkeepers because it's, it, it can it, be. you know there's sort of comp different combinations you might try different mm. situations where there's a matchup in the outer the outfield that you want to sort of change something along those lines. Yep. Or, but like with a goalkeeper, it's like if your goalkeeper is working, like don't don't change don't it. go away no. from him. So. No. But I mean, as I said, I, I just wanted to point out that Alex Cap, um, you know, is a young goalkeeper as well. Yeah. I uh, I'm really excited to see what he can bring in the future. Yeah. Do you think he's crazy enough to be a goalkeeper? Because he seems kind of like a normal guy. Whereas, like, and I mean this with all due respect, both Bobby and Matt are a little, they're a couple degrees off in a great way. But I was going to say normal compared to those two, probably, right. yeah. I, but, Steve, goalkeepers are a rare breed. They are strange human beings. Oh, yeah. Who on earth would want and, and enjoy 
having a ball blasted at you at 80, 90 miles an hour yeah. on a regular basis yeah. every day for several hours. Yeah. That, that, to me, that just doesn't sound like fun. Yeah. But, hey, you know, th they are who they are, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's just such a very different task. You know, I think that, I, I mean, I'm, there's reasons any kid becomes a goalkeeper, right? Um, size, obviously. If, if you're really big, then, then that can be a huge asset, mm -hmm. especially early on. Um, but, you know, if you look at the sport of soccer, you're like, okay, what is the thing? You run a lot. You know, you're, you got to have that, that endurance, that athleticism to stay out there. Uh, and then when you take your, when the opportunities present themselves, you need to strike shots into the back of the net. It's like, or you could be the kid who doesn't move at all, except when it's demanded that you move really quick, mm. very short spaces of, of, of space, you know, yeah. and stop the fun from happening. So you got to kind of be into that. Yeah. We, uh, growing up, actually, it's funny. Um, it, you know, if, if you were a goalkeeper, it was great. But when, when I used to play just, you know, in the park or whatever with, with my mates, um, it was always one of those uh, funny things that there's uh, an old saying in within English football anyway, um, where uh, you, <laughs> I'm not sure I should say this, but <laughs> yeah, you should, you, um, you definitely so, should. So, so basically, as I said, if you're a goalkeeper, great. Um, but the way you, you pick teams, you know, you, you almost do like a little draft when, when you all line up and the, the team captains pick who they want on their, on their team. You always put the fat kid in goal. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. That was always the saying, like, oh, put the fat kid in goal. That was... <laughs> not sure if we can use that, but... Um, yeah, why not? You know, um, our producer Tyson's eyebrows just went up <laughs> when, when I said that. So. I, don't, I, don't think he, I don't think he disagrees with that assessment, personally. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that was always fun, for the, sure. For the record, I was that fat kid. I probably still am that fat really? kid. But I, I never played goal. I played, like, you know, center back, which is... Hey, me too. Maybe even... Center back, kind of All right, here you go, all right. Uh, yeah, even if you're if you can't if you can't really run, but all you can do is kick the ball real far, like mm -hmm. center back. So that's that's what I did. Um, I, there's a couple other things I want to talk about with SKC. There was a really dramatic change when um, Kansas City made the decision to take Madranda off and put in Sinovich. That was something I, I, I wanted to address because yep. uh, I'm I'm still getting my my feet wet in terms of understanding how to analyze soccer. Mm -hmm. But like even I could see that this was a huge problem for SKC. Uh, and when that shift happened, the I mean the game stayed the way it was. It was one one. It stayed that way. But it it, it shifted a lot in terms of the momentum of of. Of, of what happened after that point with the team. So, um, I mean, what was it? seemed like a really good adjustment, basically, is what I'm trying to say. I think Vermees knew, knew what I mean, knew what he was doing at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, and look, by the way, Jimmy Madranda's a really good player as well. And, and yeah. I felt sorry for him when he came off. Um, I saw uh, Vermees said after that he, uh, he had a little bit of an injury. I, Pete, I, I respect the, the crap out of you, but there's absolutely no way that he's yeah. got an injury. We, we all know why he's been taken off there, and it's okay, it's fine. Um, Miguel Ibarra, I think, had the, the freedom of the field, didn't he? It was, it was just amazing. Uh, every single time. And Madranda was all the way up the field, wasn't even interested in getting back. So, yeah, it was an obvious problem for, for Sporting KC, but it was a problem that I think a lot of people um, were, were expecting but just not to that level. Sinovic coming in uh, is a much more disciplined and experienced uh, defender, has been in this league for a long time, since 2010. Um, I think um, he, 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 the one thing I like about Seth as well is that he's, he's good in, in terms of ball retention as well. He doesn't often give the ball away. Mm -hmm. um, he's disciplined. He's done this for a long time. I thought it was the, the right choice 
uh, for, for Kansas City at that particular moment of the game. You have to feel for Jimmy Madranda. He was yeah. given instructions. Um, clearly wasn't capable of, of what Peter Vermees needed um, in that particular afternoon. But, uh, yeah, look, there's no doubt it changed yeah. everything, didn't yeah. it? And, and Kansas City, I thought, looked so much more solid at the back then when, when Sinovic came in. So I think um, Madranda, I can understand you play him in the home games, no problem. But for away games, it wouldn't surprise me now moving forwards, uh, particularly when they play against teams like us, um, who like to play the ball out wide and have uh, good good wide players. Wouldn't surprise me if Sinovic is now uh, a regular for the away games for Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, it was really one of those things where I, you know, in the lead up and I was reading stuff about the lead up to the game and as I'm doing research to, you know, write previews and things like that, talking about the fact that that SKC likes to likes to push those fullbacks up, likes Zussi and Madrana to get involved in that attack and that it could open up these spaces behind. And you could see, I'm going to talk to Miguel tomorrow at training for an, an in-the-moment feature breaking down um, Darwin's goal. And I, I got some footage of the, sort of the whole build-up, not just the goal, but you really can see, like, how, you know, Madranda is sort of is too far up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Abari gets in behind him. Darwin floats into the space, which is, like, it's one of these things that Christian was talking about, which is where, where Darwin likes to float in on the right. It all happens, and you see, like, well, Madranda's out of position, so somebody else has to take Ibarra, and that pulls somebody else out of position. That lets Darwin run into the middle, and then Sanchez is sort of backpedaling to cover Darwin, right. loses track of him. And you sort of see how this all breaks down. It's mm-hmm. like the first block moves, and then the whole thing comes toppling down for them in that moment. So, so yeah, I, a good adjustment. I mean, they, you know, obviously, I, I'm glad to get a point out of, out of yeah. the Western Conference leaders at home. So. It, was a, it was a good point for Minnesota United, for sure. Um, you know, I think um, if anybody would have asked if you'd have taken a point against Kansas City before the game, you'd have probably said yes. Yeah. So, um, yep, good point. It's a, it's a good step in the right direction. Um, and after watching LA Galaxy Montreal Impacts uh, here this afternoon, um, I firmly fancy us against Montreal Impacts because they're having a, a torrid time at the moment. Yeah, that's what I wanted to transition into. Actually, was to talk a little bit about looking ahead to Montreal, and they were so they were playing on Monday because they were celebrating the 25th anniversary of of Montreal Impact yeah. Soccer, um, where they, they had their inaugural match on May 21st of it was 1990. It's a Canadian holiday today, though, as well, wasn't it? Yes, so. yes, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, although apparently some of the provinces don't get the day off, we were finding this oh, out. Really? So yeah, I guess there's some little tension about Bizarre. it. I don't know. So. Um, but uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the impact because they obviously have they have Piazzi who looks mm-hmm. who's terrific. He's been doing a lot of work for me in fantasy. Not this week though, man. <laughs> Jeez, uh, lost to Jimmy Watson by two points in fantasy oh, really? this week. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell him that. <laughs> no, I talked to him and he said he was like, I wasn't gonna, I didn't know anything. I listened to your podcast. You gave me all the fantasy tips, and oh, now he beat me with sake. it. So yeah. <sighs> that guy. Anyways, so Piazzi looks great, but um, you know, Adrian talked about uh, leading into this homestand. This homestand was going to tell us, you know, who this team was at the end. We have, you know, we we the, the Loons lost to um, the Quakes in a game they probably should have been able to win. They got a point off SKC, which is good. Is it fair to call this, you know, as much as you have this in the regular season, a must win? You know, I hate to go there, but it seems <laughs> sort of like, I mean, it's going to say, you know, this is going to tell us, I think, a lot. If we come out of this without without getting points off of off of Montreal, I think that will tell us a little bit that, you know, we, we've got a ways to go. If we can get points off them, I think maybe that, that and it's not to say anything about, there's a lot of reasons why there's injuries, there's, there's yeah. fatigue, there's call-ups, there's a lot of things that, but it's just sort of, I think this could give you a sense of whether we're going to be able to make that playoff line or not. I think the, um, should, should the unthinkable happen, Steve, and, and Montreal uh, claim a victory or even a point, um, the one saving grace that I think Minnesota will have is that 
it is still very early in the season. Sure. So we're, yes. we're, we're okay. Like, it'll be okay. But it, it's not something I think we have to worry about um, because I I think um, that Minnesota will, will beat Montreal. Um, as I said, we, we watched them today. I thought Montreal were all over the place. Uh, their final ball, I thought, was was terrible in the final third. Uh, Piatti played right up front today, and I thought he, he looked like he was on his own island. There was yeah. little to no service to him whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> Tider and, and Piet didn't didn't grab a hold of the game as much as they needed to as well. Wide players did what they could, but it wasn't enough. Um, and defensively, I think there are issues for them as well. So at, at, at one stage, they had Marco Donadella, a 35-year-old Italian playing at centre-half, and um, if, if that's the way that they approach this game against Minnesota, I would fancy our chances even more. So it's a strange one because when when um, Montreal appointed their manager, Remy Galt, who was um, the next big thing in France, he, he took um, you know an already a, a good Lyon team, but he, he, he elevated them and made them better and, and they were competing for titles and whatnot. He was right at the top end of French football and was under consideration or at least was rumoured to be under consideration for the French national team job at some stage. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for whatever, whatever reason, that, that never happened. But he then actually went over to England as the manager of Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. And um, as most people know, that's, that's my team. And, um, you know, I saw, I, I commentated on, on several Aston Villa games in their last season in the Premier League. Um, and he, in my opinion, the, the way that it ended for him was unfortunate with, with the team being relegated. But I always summed it up this way, the right man at the wrong time. Mm. So yeah. I was quite surprised when he ended up over at Montreal Impact. He didn't have a job um, for, for some time. I know we had interviewed for, for one or two other jobs around Europe, but um, he always said that the next job that he wanted, it was it was going to have to be really carefully considered because he didn't want to be this guy that was bouncing around Europe. And, you know, he wanted it to be to be a really long-term project. Sure. So when I saw he was appointed at Montreal Impact, I thought it was a tremendous appointment. I thought, my word, you've, you've arguably got one of the best managers there um, in the league. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. And a lot of foreign managers have come over to this country and at times really struggled with it and adjusted to, to what Major League Soccer is. Because there are, you know, uh, one for a better word, strange tendencies that you don't see anywhere else. You know, it's a very uh, Americanized league, as it should be. It's America's league. Um, you know, I, I, I think with the way it works in, in, in this country, in Canada, in North America, um, it, it, it can be head-scratching from time to time from coaches coming over from Europe. Sure. So I think um, it, it's been a, a wretched start for, for Montreal. But I, 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 we were talking about it early on today, you know, how long does Remy Gard have? If I was Joe Saputo, the, the owner of, um, of Montreal, I, I would give him some time because yeah. I honestly think that given time, making sure he gets his own players in and he makes it his team... I think this will work out to be okay. But right now, I don't think there's a better time to be playing Montreal Impact. And, and I, as I said, I really fancy Minnesota. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe maybe must win is not true. I think you're right that there's there's a lot of season left. Um, there's a lot of stuff we have yet to go through. You know, we're going to have the World Cup, which we'll be talking about coming up in the next next few weeks. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna lose Calvo. That's going to change the perspective. Yep. Of, that's going to change the way the team looks. Um, you know, hopefully it gives Calvo a bump. You know, it, like you know, he's obviously been having a tough run of form here, but you know, a chance to get back on on it with with his nation, with his team. You know, his mm-hmm. uh, his country's team. So. 
you know, the, things will change. Uh, there's other transfer windows coming. Yep. Uh, you know, we don't know what else is out there. Um, and as Adrian pointed out, uh, there's, you know, health. I mean, obviously we have serious injuries that we're dealing with. Ethan Finley and um, Kevin Molino, et cetera, Sam Cronin. But there's also these little things, the fact that, like, we don't have, like, our midfielders other than Ibarra aren't completely game fit uh, in, in in Adrian's estimation. You know, yep. that both both Quintero and Gomez are still sort of adjusting, having not been playing as much recently. Um, you know, Christian's had uh, sort of injuries, and he's still sort yep. of coming back from them. And so there's a lot of guys out there who are, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not the walking dead. But <laughs> even if you're just 80%, you know, that that can take a lot off your game, yeah. um, especially down the stretch. So, you know, they're going to get a little break. Uh, you know, you, I think they're going to have, you know, a little over a week uh, of time where they're not playing the game. So that'll that'll help hopefully help some of that health issue. But also, you know, as they get to play more games, it's sort of this weird catch 22, right? Where mm. it's like you need game action, but you also want to get a little bit of rest and recuperation. So, yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be um, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks during the World Cup. Um First of all, I, I think um, I still find it bizarre that why Major League Soccer doesn't take a complete break. Um, it, yeah. Because th this league now is, is becoming a league where you are losing players. There's what, um, so far that have been announced, there have been 24 players that are going to be going. Yeah. And there's still several national teams that are yet to announce, and, and they'll, you know, the league will probably lose more players. So I think we've got to the stage now in this league where we, we need to take a, a longer break. I don't think the break that we have in place is long enough. Yeah. Um, but having said that, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, it provides opportunities for other players. You know, Brent Coleman will most certainly come in and, and we've seen him play in this league before. He's, he's a fine centre-half and, you know, I personally don't think there'll be much, too much drop-off. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but also I think we said this on the last podcast as well, Steve, with Calvo going to the World Cup with his national team, a different locker room, a different set of responsibilities, um, you know, different instructions, uh, just, just a fresh outlook, a new start. It can really, really help a player. So I think he'll come back from the World Cup a completely different player. Yeah. And and I know I'm not the only one who who can't wait for that. Yeah. So what do you do you think that if you if they took a longer break, you know, what is the cost of that? Do they have to start the season earlier? Do they have to double up more games? Do they have to make it go later? Because we're already running into this thing of, you know, if we're playing a final, if imagine we're playing like the MLS Cup final at Allianz Field, right. and it's November. Yep. That's going to be brutal. It will. So. It'll be brutal. I, I, I know. I, I think the only way around it, Steve, right now is is to do more midweight games. That's the only way. To, yeah. The only way to to really do it. You could start the season a little bit earlier, perhaps as well. But you know they, they've done it in the past where um, they've started the first week of March as opposed to the, sure. the third or whatever it was this week, this uh, season. Um, so again, but the, the the league have to help out here. Yeah. You know, if we're going to do this, where you've got midweek games. You can't have, you know, um, LAFC playing at New England on a Wednesday. You can't have, you know, I thought it was sure. difficult for, for Minnesota on that Wednesday away at LAFC. But yeah. you, can, you can't have Toronto away at Seattle or vice versa. You know, like you, you, a bit of common sense needs to prevail. Yeah. So, um, I, I, in my opinion, as I said, we are at a stage now in the, the lifespan of this league where the league is of, of good enough quality where many players will be at the World Cup. And ultimately, what, what it's doing is it's decreasing the products. Yeah. It's decreasing the quality. So why would you want to play games through that? Well, yeah. why, why would the league, why would people who are trying to sell this league 
want that to be a reality. Yeah. So, look, it's, it's a debate for another day, I'm sure. But um, I think, as I said, now we are at a, a stage um, in this league's growth where we need to at least be taking a longer break. Yeah, well, you know, we can we'll talk about that and other things coming up as we get closer to the World Cup. Um, so, which I'm excited for. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so, thanks for joining us for the 12th Sound of the Loons podcast. Uh, I should note we are going weekly at this point. So, we will be doing the podcast every week. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, very exciting. So, our next match is on Saturday, May 26th against Montreal Impact, as we said, here at home at TCF Bank Stadium. I will actually, for that match, be filling in for Brian Pyatt on 1500 ESPN Ooh. for the... Yeah, I know. It's fun, huh? You broadcasting. Yeah, well, what can I say? <laughs> At least I don't, I don't have to wear a jacket and a tie for this one, I don't think so. Um, you never know. Yeah, I don't you know. look dashing on Fox well, Sports well, North, by the way. Thank you very, thank you very much. <laughs> but I'll be doing the uh, the pregame, halftime, and post-match shows. Uh, I just said pregame and post-match. This is an ongoing discussion we're having here. So. <clears throat> the pre-match, halftime, and post-match shows. Be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes if you could and follow the team on Twitter at MNUS. FC. You can follow Cal at CalWilliams.com and <clears throat> now it's my allergies no, are backing up from me. I know. <laughs> I apologize. I caught them from you. No. We've got to stop kissing, haven't we? That's why. <laughs> you can follow... <laughs> uh, not... not on the air, jeez. Uh, you can follow me at Steve Entress. And remember, <laughs> there's only one person in this whole world like you. We have got to stop recording these things <laughs> in the afternoon. Morning's a lot better. <clears throat> there's only one person in the whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>